If we don't deal with people who are sinning against others, people are gonna be hurt. So we're not just helping the person who's committing the sin, but the people who might be impacted by their sinning. Uh, th these are reasons we can't just ignore sin in the midst of the, of the church. From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Welcome again to the Straight Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Philpott. As always, I'm joined by Pastor Richard Caldwell, the pastor of Founders Baptist Church, and we would like to interact with you about these discussions. So please leave a comment right below this video or interact with us on social media. And then lastly, go to the iTunes podcast section for us and please leave us a review. Well, Pastor, in our church, we place an emphasis on church discipline. It's part of the protection of the body of Christ. It's part of our own accountability before the Lord and before His Word and for the purity of the church overall. We wish, of course, that all churches practice church discipline uh, for the purity of the saints and for the church's witness, obviously, mm. in the world. Uh, Jesus outlines for us in Matthew 18, the steps of church discipline. He says, if a brother has sinned against you, is who he says in particular, um, then he gives these, these few steps. Mm -hmm. Uh, the question is, uh, first of all, what are those steps? What, what, if somebody is uh, caught in a sin and they refuse to repent, as Jesus says in Matthew 18, mm. they, they don't hear you out. You know, what, what should happen? Why does the church uh, discipline its members? And, uh, and what should be the motive behind that? How, how should it be enacted within the body? And, um, and what does that do for, for the church and for its witness in the world? We practice it because we're taught to uh, by Jesus and throughout the New Testament. Uh, we practice it because it is an expression of our mutual responsibility and accountability uh, toward each other under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It expresses love for each other, and that's the motive that stands behind it. You asked about the motive. The motive mm -hmm. is love. Uh, the motive is rescue. So the motive is not retribution. The motive is not embarrassment. The motive is not exposure. Mm -hmm. uh, the motive, in fact, we, we're taught to, to cover sin to the degree that we can in a way that, uh, not cover up, mm -hmm. but in the sense of making sure that the, as we're dealing with sin, it is restricted, the, the, the dealing with it is restricted mm -hmm. to those who have knowledge of it and those who are responsible to deal with it. So, um, so love is the motive, rescue is the motive, restoration is the motive. Uh, God's glory is the motive. I think about the book of Titus where older women are to teach young women to, to live in a certain kind of way. And he says, so that the word of God will not be um, blasphemeo is the word blasphemed, hmm. you know, held up to scorn in the world. So we're thinking about the testimony of Christ, the testimony of the truth. These are the reasons why we practice church discipline. We might also add to that, I guess, um, if, if we deal with people who are sinning against others, Mm. Um, or let me reverse that. If we don't deal with people who are sinning against others, people are going to be hurt. So we're not just helping the person who's committing the sin, but the people who might be impacted by their sinning. Uh, th these are reasons we can't just ignore sin in the midst of the, of the church. The steps, uh, you first go one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. if, they, if they won't listen, um, then you go with two or more. If they won't listen, I'm just thinking now about Matthew 18, then you tell it to the church. Mm -hmm. And if they won't listen even to the church, then you put them out of the church. They're no longer a member of the church. Mm -hmm. And now we regard them uh, as people who need Christ mm -hmm. because the, the assumption is uh, 
believers respond to these steps of discipline. Mm. But you can hear even in that process what I meant by res- restricting it to the people involved. If you go one-on-one and you, and you're, you win your brother, the matter's over. Yeah, it's over. There's no reason right. to tell it mm-hmm. to two or three people or yep. tell it to the church. And if they respond to the two or three level, there's no reason to tell it to the church. Mm-hmm. So, so this is love that's operating, mm-hmm. not some sort of vindictiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's concerned for their soul. Um, so th- th- that would be the, the, the process. I would say about this process, it's not mechanical. Uh, I've, I've seen this sometimes in churches that mm-hmm. pe- that they want they they are so zealous mm-hmm. to obey scripture and practice discipline. They deal with it in a very mechanical fashion, like, "Hey, we went one on one last week, so we're going to go with yeah. two or three this week." Oh, so quickly, it's just so quickly, yeah. yeah. And and you know, let's make sure we we follow the rules. It's sort of mechanical in nature, not really thinking about the person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this, Josh. We've walked through discipline cases here that have taken us a year to mm-hmm. walk through. Long time a long time to walk through as we walk through these steps because you've got to give time and space for repentance. Mm-hmm. And God does this. Sometimes mm-hmm. he doesn't always do this. And last is fire, it was quick. Mm-hmm. And there, I even think there are disciplined situations in the church that we have to deal with swiftly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, someone who's in leadership and they're oh, yeah. dividing the church, mm-hmm. uh, th- those are things you can't wait on. Mm-hmm. But we want to be patient and we want to give people room, time to repent. Um, also, the two or three witnesses helps to make sure that we establish the factual mm. uh, nature of what's That's being right. yeah. being uh, a person's being accused of. So, so those are some things that that, that I have in mind. Um, you you mentioned we wish that other churches practice this. But we wish that all churches practice this. Why? Mm. Because God commands it. He teaches mm-hmm. it. And I, I think I'm thinking now about First Corinthians chapter five, where the Corinthian congregation is reproved by Paul because there was a man li- living in open sexual immorality in their midst, mm-hmm. and they had not taken these steps of discipline. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he mentions in that, in that context is that they were actually boasting in some way about the fact that they had, uh, of, concerning their non-action. That it, I have to think that in some way they had, they had taken their non-action to be sort of a badge of grace mm-hmm. or a badge of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a badge of spiritual maturity. You know, we, we understand the distinction between what happens in the body and what happens in the soul. You know, this sort of thinking. And they were just wrong. They, they, were, they were dead wrong. Hmm. So I think we deal with the same sort of thing in our day, where churches that don't practice discipline sometimes do it in the name of love, or they do it in the name of grace, or they do it in the name of mercy, or they do it in the name of maturity. Um, it's none of those things. Mm-hmm. When we don't obey Scripture... It's not humility, it's pride. When we don't obey scripture, it's not love, it's hatred. When we don't obey scripture, it's not mercy, it's giving people over to their sin. Mm. Um, and when we don't obey scripture, it's not maturity. Mm. It's gross immaturity that's on display in our thinking. Mm. Mm. Um, now, let's think for a moment about how people respond to the discipline process. Yeah, yeah. And let's think about repentance. Let's envision the case of someone actually repenting. What do you do then? Uh, obviously you forgive them and you forgive them fully and sincerely mm-hmm. and they're restored uh, to fellowship with the church. Doesn't mean we don't restore them wisely. Uh, it would not mean we put them into the exact same situation where they have failed, but we have to come alongside them in such a way that they realize we really do love them and we, re- we really do forgive them. Mm-hmm. So discipline issues uh, talked about in 1 Corinthians. 
The church must have obeyed Paul's instruction. There's evidence in 2 Corinthians that discipline had happened. And then we get to uh, one passage I want to read, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. When we get to the second chapter of 2 Corinthians, I find this kind of exhortation something that we need to hear. Hmm. He says, now if it, this is chapter 2, verse 5. Now, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely, to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority, now that's, that's the language of church discipline. Mm -hmm. The majority, the body, mm -hmm. has disciplined this person. Mm. The punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. Mm. So for, for this is why I wrote that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I've forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ. So, so it's not just their obedience in taking the steps of discipline, mm -hmm. but their obedience is also tested on the other side of it. The obedience to forgive, the obedience to love, the obedience to comfort, the obedience to walk alongside a person. Mm -hmm. All this is wrapped up in the, in the church discipline mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. We have to obey in confronting sin the right way, but we also have to obey in forgiving sin right. and restoring people who've been forgiven. Well, and so Jesus says, you know, if you go through this whole process of church discipline, they shall be to you like a tax collector and a sinner. And then Paul is saying here, after having gone through that process, it seems, Right? Yes. That to love them. So my question is, is what, what should the church do in terms of this person who's been disciplined out of the congregation? Yeah. They receive them still uh, in worship? Or yeah. is it better to keep that outside? It's a difficult question. I know every situation is probably different. Sure. But I wonder what your response would be. Well, a person who, who if we excluded all sinners from worship, oh, we'd all no one out. would be there. <laughs> And, but there's a difference between someone who walks into our fellowships who has not made a profession of faith in Christ, they've not been baptized into the fellowship of our church, mm -hmm. or maybe even they profess faith in Christ, but they haven't joined our church. And they're living in some sort of sin. Mm -hmm. And they're coming and they're sitting under the preaching of the gospel. That's one kind of issue. Once mm -hmm. a person has joined the church, covenanted together with us, put themselves under the authority of the elders and the congregation as a body. Mm -hmm. and, and then they have hard-heartedly, rebelliously, without repentance, uh, held on to their sin to, the, to such an extent that they've had to be disciplined out of the church. Mm -hmm. We don't even eat with such a one now. Mm -hmm. and, and what that means is not, if you're passing them on the street, you're unkind to them. You, know, you turn your head and walk, walk past them. That's not what that means. What it means is we cannot now carry on with them as if this didn't happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. So now I'm going to dinner with them on Friday nights, going to the movies with them, as mm. if none of this has happened. Okay. You, you can't live like that. You, you have to uh, deal with this person in such a way that they understand their need before God. So to deal with them as a tax collector and a sinner is to deal with them as an evangelism project. Mm. And, and my fellowship with people, my fellowship with people, is with people who walk, in, walk along with me as we follow Christ. Mm -hmm. I have friendships with people who don't know Jesus, but I am a very poor friend. If I'm, a, I'm the friend of someone who doesn't know Jesus, and I can't say that the number one thing on the priority list for this friendship 
is if they would come to faith in Christ. Mm. I mean, what kind of a friend would I be? I know mm. they're on their way to hell. I yeah. never mention the gospel. I never bring up Christ. Mm-hmm. So the focus, even for my friendships outside of, the, uh, of Christ, my focus is evangelism. So someone's disciplined out of the life of the church and I'm just going to dinner with them. We're just hanging out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking to them about their soul right. and calling them to repentance. Mm-hmm. There would be a, a major, major issue in my own soul at that point. So Paul, when he says that to comfort this one who has been di- disciplined. This is a repentant church, person. Yeah. Oh, that would be a repentant person. This is person a repentant person. Okay. He's afraid they're going to over sorrow. Okay. So they've repented. And he says, says, now you come alongside them and you love them. Okay. Yeah. And, and lest they are over sorrowful, which tells you they're sorrowful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so his fear there is that this person doesn't have it register in their own heart. I'm, I'm forgiven. Mm-hmm. And the congregation has forgiven me. And he calls upon mm-hmm. the congregation to forgive them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometimes we can walk through discipline issues, a person repents, and then we treat them as if, well, now we're going to watch you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just yeah. really make sure you're really... Always hanging over your always head. Always hanging over your head. You live under the cloud of this. Okay. You know, for the rest of your time with us. Mm-hmm. No, no. We've got to forgive this person mm-hmm. and now comfort them. We don't want them to over-sorrow. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us again for the Straight Truth Podcast. We are releasing episodes every week on every Thursday. So if you'd like to receive those episodes, just subscribe to one of our social media channels. You can find all those channels and all the details about this podcast at our website, straighttruth.net. And do us a favor, go to the iTunes podcast section and leave us a review. Also, just go to the YouTube section, leave a comment there for us, something you'd like us to discuss, and subscribe to our channel. Now, Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries. For more information, go to walkingingrace.org.